Hello and welcome to the Christian Women in Business podcast show. We are an online community of Christian women in business and we are aligning our businesses with God. I'm your host, Sarah J. Meeson, and I wanted to create a platform where women can come to be inspired, to learn from women who have been there and done that, and know what it's really like to run a business as a Christian and what it means to them. I would love for you to join us as we get into the meat of the word, share the love of God, and grow our businesses like never before. For more information about becoming a member, visit our website, www.christianwomeninbusiness.com.au. Looking forward to sharing these podcasts with you and helping you to grow as a leader and a business owner like never before. Hey girls, welcome to the first podcast of 2020. Um, So today's podcast or show or video, depending on when you're listening to this, you might be listening to it live while we're recording, or you might be listening to it on YouTube or listening to it as you're driving the car. But this is going to be a kind of different podcast to what we normally do. And I've got the lovely Sharon Ludlow joining me today. Do you want to say good day, Sharon? Good day, Sharon. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Um, I'll just give Sharon a quick shout out. Uh, We were just discussing how God's kind of intertwining Sharon and what she's up to in her business. Um, We've had Sharon on the show a few times. She's um, in Melbourne and runs a business called Grace and Confidence. And um, it's an an interest, yeah, as you were saying, it's interesting because you do kind of a lot of different things, but they're very unique. So it's hard to kind of describe, but I think one word that describes you perfectly is mental. I appreciate that be it business, God, marketing, (laughs) you are mentoring in some capacity, uh, which is awesome. Um, So conference was amazing. Um, I know so many people got so many awesome things out of it and are still getting things out of it. So you might have gone to conference and think, well, I didn't hear from God. That's okay. God works in his own time. Um, We can't force it. We can't... um, make things happen we just have to trust and let the holy spirit do his thing uh but some of the testimonies i'm getting are fantastic um but something very 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 interesting came out of one of the sessions um it was the late afternoon session on saturday and that's something that we're going to be discussing today um on this on this episode so um it is a great opportunity to share everything with you in context. Um, I had so many questions come from it, comments, remarks, and I just thought, let's put some context to this first, and then we'll answer some questions. Um, There's always reasons behind why people do things, um, and so I think it's good to share on that and also take it as a really, really, really great opportunity to teach, to learn, to share, um, and uh, Sharon is, um, 100% on board for teaching and guiding and so it's a pleasure basically for us both to be having this opportunity and what is awesome is what was shared on Saturday has stirred hearts um, be it lots of questions but what it has done is stirred hearts and that's one of the things that I actually wanted to happen um, out of it um, so before I get into that I'm going to share with you a couple of things to kind of, um, oh, Sharon is coming through loud and clear. That's fantastic. So number one is 
always ask questions. Um, a few years ago, I became very confused with um, not my not my walk, but I guess what was being shared because I started to read more of the word and then I was attending churches and I was listening to other people's teaching. I actually began to get very confused because what I was hearing from pulpits and from videos wasn't what I was reading in the Bible. And so I made a very, very conscious decision to actually stop listening to anything. Um, I wanted to stop listening to podcasts. I wanted to stop listening to hearing from people on the pulpit. And so I just completely closed myself up and wanted to hear purely from God. Um, and in doing so, I can tell you, I have learned so much from it. Uh, obviously, it helps to have mentors for when you go, okay, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. And they can just give you Bible verses and then you go, okay, I'm, on, I'm back on track again with where I needed to find that. But just having that time and space and clear mind to go, okay, Holy Spirit, here I am, got my Bible open, bit fully messy now um and i'm i'm ready to hear i'm ready i'm eager i'm hungry i want to learn um and i constantly ask questions so i what i'm trying to say is it's good that you've asked these questions mm. always ask questions no matter who you hear it from ask questions go back to your bible look for the verses and let the holy spirit teach you so that was my first point and i found that getting rid of all the noise and just purely focusing on God really helped me to do that. Um, and that leads on to my second point. Anything that you hear from myself, Sharon's pastors, like I said, check with yourself. Um, oh, I, I have actually already said point two. Uh, my point three is, um, before we get started, is if you are struggling to fit that God time in, um, and want to be kept accountable and um, you want to keep the kind of learning going. A few people have been asking me, um, do I do mentoring? Um, and do I do mentoring with God and business? And a lot of you already know that I do tag that has a lot of um, marketing mentoring, if you like. And I've got lots of different clients, secular, non-secular. Um, so yes, I can do mentoring and what i'm looking at doing is i'm launching my own website under my own brand um actually the website's ready now uh the mentoring side isn't but i will be starting some group mentoring so if you're wanting guided god time um you want to sit down and just have that hour where you go this is where i sit down obviously sometimes it's not an hour um, and i give you some scriptures and you go off yourself you can go and do that and then on a separate time we're going to meet um this is going to be weekly um, and actually chat about, okay, business, where we are and strategy with a God element to it. So uh, a couple of people have asked that. Yes, it's coming. You can head over to sarahjane.com forward slash mentoring and pop your main name down for the wait list. So that's the admin. Let's get to the meat. <laughs> Sharon, you've been very patient. You're cool. Um, so I've basically been given a heap of questions and got a heap of questions from you all, which is amazing. I've tried to put the questions all together in some kind of order so we're not repeating ourselves because some of the questions were similar. Um, and I want you to know that your names will remain confidential to the questions, so it's safe. 
um, and you don't feel like we're pointing fingers or anything like that. Um, and before we get into the questions, I wanted to give you context behind the conference and why I asked Eton to do what he did. So at the beginning of last year, so when we were doing like last year's conference, I knew that we needed to start teaching on supernatural business and that was going to be the theme for the following year. So um, I kind of knew, okay, we're, we're going into the spiritual realm now. I myself had been learning all about spiritual stuff, the supernatural, um, not the woo-woo stuff, the how does the Holy Spirit work? How does God work? How do the things that happen that we don't see happen? Um, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I knew we needed to bring a Holy Spirit element to conference. So the whole conference was purely supernatural business, right? And you can't come to a supernatural business and not include and invite the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted to find someone that could bring that Holy Spirit element to it and to bring um, an example and to bring um, the experience that he has with him. And Eton was uh, a good fit for that. And I felt it was right to ask him to come and I don't regret it at all. So my brief to Eton was this. I want people to be able to understand how the Holy Spirit works, how he moves, how he works, um, and to be and give an example of that. And so what Eaton did was some people said, oh, I couldn't catch it because he was all over the place. That, my friend, is the Holy Spirit at work. He doesn't work in a linear line. He doesn't go in one straight line and say this is the way he's going to give you some bits here he's going to give you some bits there he's going to push you in this direction and then there was also comments about well how come you left it open timed and there was no time there was no structure hello <laughs> with the holy spirit there is no time and there is no structure so that was an example in itself of the Holy Spirit at work is that there was no time, there was no structure. It was allowing the Holy Spirit to be. Mm. And my job that day was to create an environment and a place where the Holy Spirit could come and do that. And that was part of the supernatural business because if you, unless you allow that space and that unlimited time for the Holy Spirit to come in Jesus went out and prayed for hours hours not mm. one minute not five minutes not five minutes every morning he prayed through the night he went over to disciples and were like dudes why are you not up praying with me so it's learning that the Holy Spirit is not structured he doesn't give one clear path and if we're not allowing the, the flexibility for the Holy Spirit to work we're just going to come find him and he's he's not going to be able to use us. He's not going to be able to use our businesses. He's not going to be able to be given the freedom and from us letting the control and that surrender into that space for God to do stuff. You, you can't work confined. So that was basically the brief that I gave to Eton was there's no time limit. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and show them what the Holy Spirit is and does. And he delivered on all those elements. Some people have made comments that he waffled on. 
he was listening to the Holy Spirit and all of the different bits actually all came together in the end. And the Bible says, if you've got eyes to hear, uh, ears to hear and eyes to see, they'll be opened. And I've known that since, from my experience of reading the word, that is, has been exactly what it's like. I've been in Luke and I've been going back to um, Genesis. I've been in Genesis and I've been going to somewhere else. I was in Revelations and I was going back to Isaiah. Isaiah is my next book on the list, by the way. I'm very excited about that. But what I'm saying is that it is not linear and you can't control him. He is God's spirit. He knows, and I'm on about the Holy Spirit here. He knows more about God than any of us. And if you want to learn about God and you want to learn about his spirit, if you want to learn about his love, you've got to ask the Holy Spirit. He's mm-hmm. the one that Jesus gave us to ask questions. One of the Holy Spirit's main jobs, and um, it's in either Matthew or Luke, I read it as I was preparing for this, I didn't write it down, is there to remind us of what Jesus has taught us through the Bible, right? So you can ask the Holy Spirit questions about the Bible. You can ask him about the word. You can ask him about the truth, who is Jesus, and he will show it to you. And like I mentioned before, it might not be straight away. You might have to wait on some things. It might be two years time. It might be two weeks time that you get the answer to your question. But when he does, and when you get one of those revelations, you are like, oh my gosh, my mind has just been blown. And Sharon's laughing in the background because... Always. (laughs) I'm always like that. (laughs) It's like, have you read Revelations? Whatever. Do you see it? Do you see it? Fire, 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 fire emoji. (laughs) Now go over to John and read this. Now go over to Genesis and read this. Put it all together. (laughs) So it's... And that's a walk with God. That is what it is. So there's your context. Yes, there was no time limit. It was on purpose. Everything was intentional. And um, it stirred up questions, which was good. That's what we wanted. So um, (coughs) are you ready to go through the question, Sharon? Was there anything else you wanted to add on to that before we move on? Um, No. No, I think it's a good opportunity for, like you said, to put aside everything you presume to know. Because when you, when you interact with the Holy Spirit directly, you bypass, you bypass all your, everything that you've been taught, everything people say, everything your church teaches you, the books you've read, everything. And when you go directly into the Word of God and interact with the Holy Spirit, anything becomes possible. The challenge is we come to God with all these presumptions of what we think he is like. So to come into that mix where there's no limits and there's no time frame and we don't know what to expect and it's on the left and the right and the up and the down and we're, our head's like a ping pong. Where's that? What? What? It really reminded me of the scripture in John chapter 3 where Jesus said, the wind blows where it wills. You can't you hear a sound, but you don't know where it's coming from. And I think most people aren't trained to be able to do that. We're trained to be A, B, C, step by step, you know, let me make it really clear and simple. 
and God never did it that way. I mean, if anyone can find verses in the Bible that are really simple to understand forever and ever, please show me. <laughs> please show me. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So, no, I was, it was a real blessing to be there. And I thought I was so... Um, I was really in awe of your ability to trust God to that level. Most people do not do that. They need the control. And if it's not the control for themselves, they say it's for the protection of the people. I'm protecting my people as if God can't protect his own people, you know? So there's a lot of interference by leaders by what God wants to do because we're all protecting and we've got to be suspicious and wary and test the spirit. And we've got all these religious words that we use, but basically it means we're not trusting God because we don't know how. So as long as someone's always holding your hand, it's very hard for you to, to kind of know what happened. But what an opportunity to, I mean, the whole day was like that. The whole day was just, let's listen to God. Let's be with the Holy Spirit. The whole thing was an opportunity to get to know God. So I, I was really in awe of you for, for doing that. Massive, massive kudos. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I can't deny that there was bits where I'm like, I can do this, just trust, he's got it. And like you said, if I can't trust God with his own people, we're screwed. Yeah, totally. You think God can course correct? Exactly. And I was thinking, so when people came up to me after the session and they were like, oh my gosh, all those people were freaking out. I'm like, aren't they daughters of God? So God is the king most high. He tells us that he's going to hide us under his wings. We're going to be camouflaged in this shadow that the enemy can't get us. He's yeah. got them. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. And I trust God with that. Yeah. And I feel okay to trust God with that. Because what I've been reading in this, yeah. and what I've been learning, shows me that I can do that. Yeah. And it's okay. And some people are going to be freaked out. And you're going to ask questions, like we said, questions are awesome. They're awesome. They are awesome. Because it makes, it makes your mind engage in the process. Yeah. Because everybody talks about the heart, right? I love God. It's in my heart. God's come into my heart. Do you know that the word in the Greek for the heart is the mind? It's actually the mind. So we think it's a problem if we think too much or we ask questions or we get like critical in our thinking and our questioning. But God is saying, engage with me, ask the questions, go on research trips, test me. He's saying all those things in the word all the time. That's where Christianity becomes exciting. Yeah. You know? So um, yeah, good fun. Good fun. <laughs> all right. So, um, so what we'll do is we'll do question one, two, three, but, each question will have lots of questions in it and we're going to try our best to answer them the best that we can. And like I said, anything that we say, <coughs> and I'll try and note down the Bible verses as we spill them out as well um, and write them in the, the notes after, but take everything that we say to you today back to the word. We're not going to hold your hand. We're going to give you scriptures. We're not going to, 
give you milk, we're going to give you meat. It's up to you to go and chew it. So keep that in mind when we answer questions. So question number one of the questions. Eaton asked people to come forward for prayer. How is these people responses equated to prayer? Can some biblical references be provided for the Holy Spirit working this way? I was only watching, I was watching only and praying. It seemed that not all ladies were affected the same or to the same degree in and assuming this is purely individual. So that was question one in question one. Here's another one. Regardless of the church's doctrine, on this type of event, some being more traditional while others are more charismatic, I would love some scripture resources for it occurring. And then another question in this theme again is, and I'm saying all these because you might have a question and it might be different, but be asking for the same thing. You might be asking it in a different way. Uh, is there a Bible verse <coughs> where, oh, sorry. Is where in the Bible verse, I don't know whose English that is, probably mine. Does it support the Holy Spirit working in the way we experience of people falling in the spirit? I know of John 18 in the garden with Judas, but in this instance, it was the enemies of Jesus who fell. And then it leads on to why do people fall over? Did he push them over? Why did some people laugh or jerk when they were laying down? Were they conscious? What about the people who were prayed for and they didn't fall over? What does that mean? Did God not touch them? Why didn't we fall over when Laura Lee and her team prayed? If her team were being laid in the spirit for our led by the spirit in our prophecy, why was it so different to what was happening back then? Why is it called being slain in the spirit? What does it mean? Um, so I thought, so they are all different questions, but they're all kind of asking the same thing. What the hell was going on is what they were asking. Why did it happen to some people? Why didn't it happen to others? And yeah. um, I just wanted to share, when I put all these questions together, uh, two stories from me came to mind. And then I've got some chapters um, from the Bible to share with you. And then I know Sharon will want to share some stuff too. <laughs> so my first story is a very vulnerable story. Um, it was... Um, when I oh, might have been of year one or year two, when I became a Christian, um, I went to see the movie, I think it was called 2012. It was about the end times and how the earth ended. Um, and I was sat in the cinema and I just freaked out. Like, I mean, I, I'm very sensitive anyway. I can't watch any horrors or anything like that. I just, mm -mm, not for me. Um, and that, even though that didn't have horror in it, it had um, a lot of thrill, I guess. And so in that movie, um, I sat through the entire movie with my eyes shut and my hands in my ears next to my husband going, why the hell are we watching this? Why don't I just get out? But I didn't. So I didn't want to be one of them weird people that can't sit in movies. But I'm not that person anymore. <laughs> now I just get up and walk out. And after that, I had the most horrendous dreams like I so I was milking cows at the time so I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning and I had dreams where I was waking up to go to the farm I'd look to my side of my bed and there was rivers of hot lava from a volcano and just wanting me to step and fall in it like 
the dreams were just awful. And I can actually remember, Amy, if you're watching this later on, um, we got you and Heffy to pray for me one time in the bedroom. Um, and it kept going on and on and on. And then one day at church, we had um, a fellow come, I can't think of his name, but he was anointed with healing. And I was sat in church and listening and seeing other people being healed and my heart. So I'm giving you an experience from me experience. I'm giving you two perspectives. This first story is from stuff actually happening to me. And then the other story is from the other perspective. So I could feel my heart just thumping in my chest. And I just knew tonight was the night that this thing was going to go out of me. So what I didn't realize is I actually had a demon in me, whether he came into that movie or he could have come in there sometime before it was in there. And I was just feeling awful, but I knew it was game on when this guy was coming. So this, this fellow was praying for everyone else. And then at the end, they asked anyone to get up who wants to be prayed and they released the church leaders to pray for everyone as well as the praying dude um and i am and it was uh one of the older guys from our church and i am not and i got up i was like god my body is yours it's time to party on like let's deal with this and so i got up the fellow didn't even touch my head and i was down on the floor and the only way i can experience is my body went into a convulsion like an epileptic fit, if you like, but I, my, and I'm going to sound like a complete loon and it's very vulnerable. And I've never shared this with anyone, only Nathan and whoever was at church that day saw what happened, but it was like, God brought out, brought me out, brought my spirit out of my body. And I was just sat at the top of the church, looking down at myself while the Holy spirit dealt with what he needed to physically, spiritually in my body. And then it left. And um, I came back down and it was like I then woke up and it was gone. So I wasn't pushed. I was hardly even touched. And I was splattered down on the ground. I came out of my body and the Holy Spirit did what he needed to. And when it was time, I went back in and I woke up. So that was an experience of me actually being healed, being slayed, being taken out in a body experience, if you like. And I got fully healed and it was just powerful. I didn't feel, I felt more scared having the dreams than I did when God took care of me, when it needed to get rid of the thing. Like I felt peace. I knew God was in control. Um, I felt light, even though I was out of my body, I felt light. I'm just trying to give you words to describe how it was. Um, and then I've, so that was my first story. And then my second one is I've been prayed for, and I've had nothing happen. Nothing's happened. I'm still the same person. Um, and nothing's happened. And then it was just, I got prayed for. So there's so many different things that can happen at all different times in our lives, depending on what the Holy Spirit wants to deal with and how 
the person who is speaking what anointing they've got and what they bring and what gifts the Holy Spirit's given them. There's just no one way that fits all. We're all different. We've all got different things going on and the Holy Spirit and God will deal differently in different times um, with different things that he's got to deal with. So those are the two stories. Um, one was very simple. One was very complex. But there are two different angles of what I've personally experienced uh, from a healing and from getting prayer. So on Saturday, it was different again. My heart felt like a gorgeous, fragranted oil of the Father's love had been poured all over my body. And it was, it, it, penetrated if that's the right word it massaged and it glowed from my heart like I felt the father's love and his just peace that holy spirit peace so that it's there's different examples of my personal experience so there are times when the holy spirit's going to do stuff and there are times when the holy spirit isn't and it's up to him and it's up to god jesus didn't even know when the end of the time was going to be so it's up to us just to trust um so i'm going to share some bible verses uh so there's isaiah i'm not going to read them out go and look at them for yourself read them read the whole chapters read chapters before if you need to look at the words in greek and hebrew you can do it on your phone now there's apps that you can download for um strong's concordance um so the first one is Isaiah 66, 16. Um, the second Bible verse is 1 Kings 8, 10 to 11. Um, the next one is uh, what one of the questions covered, John 18, 5 to 8. Now, while I was reading John 18, 5 to 8, um, I wrote down John 14, 15 to 30. So why did I write that down? Oh, I'm in 15, I wonder that doesn't make sense. 30. Jesus promises of the Holy Spirit. That's why I've written it down. So if you go to John 14, starting <coughs> from chapter 15 all the way down, I mean, you can, sorry, chapter 14, verse 15, uh, you can go all the way to chapter 15 and go through, like, and read before as well. But that's capsulating Jesus's promise of the Holy Spirit. Um, Isaiah is telling us what to expect in the times that we're in. Um, and then the last one is Acts 26, 13 to 14. Um, and I'll write those in the notes. So Sharon, over to you, my love. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I love the questions. Um, you know, after 28 years in the ministry of things, of course, we see it, we've heard it, we've, you know what I mean? Like, and it's normal because, I mean, let's be honest, most times in churches, we're in a structure, we're in a format, 
the Holy Spirit is hardly given opportunity to move in the same way. So, and then there are questions. Does he push them over? Does he do things like that? I can tell you no. He doesn't push them over. And if you don't want to have hands laid on you, you can perfectly ask for that. But the Bible does talk about laying on of hands. The Bible does talk about the anointing and how it is, you know, transferred to somebody. So it gives you an opportunity to study the Bible about the Holy Spirit. But um, I can tell you that scripturally and also in people's experience, I think we forget that God is a spirit. We are human flesh, right? Our senses and all the rest. But God is a spirit. And then we get born from above, as Jesus says, right? We're new creations. Now we are born of the spirit. If, if God, by his spirit, touches our spirit, what happens to our physical body? What happens to it? Do you think nothing will happen? So even when we receive prayer and we think nothing happens, we're looking in the outward, right? Did something happen? Did my limb grow back? Did my eye come in? Whatever. We're looking with our senses to determine. But in the spirit, God is adding, removing, helping, loving. Look at his nature, right? So some people laugh. I mean, I can tell you times when people haven't prayed for me, one time I actually fell out of my chair. I felt like I had electricity coming up my legs in my body and then I couldn't stop laughing. It was actually like, um, it's kind of like how a waterfall comes over the rocks and falls down. It's like it's coming out and you're trying to quieten it down because people were being quiet and I, I was, couldn't stop laughing and then the tears are coming out of my eyes like you're leaking out of <laughs> Very unattractive. But you lose <laughs> the sense of yourself, respect, right? Because God is doing something. And oftentimes there's like pain in our heart. There's been wounds. There's, you know what I mean? There's questions. And his spirit is coming with that sweetness to come and solve some of those things. So we think we've got to always have counselling and talk about it. And God is saying, no, 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 let my spirit come and be the solution. Let my spirit come and heal the wounds and, and, and deliver you and, and heal you. Let my spirit do it. You don't need to go and talk about it to everybody. You, you know what I mean? It's, there's something really sweet about God doing it for you. Mm. So um, when people laugh or they cry or whatever, I mean, the spirit of God, think about it. I think we've made God religious. He's in heaven on his throne. You know what I mean? We pray up to him. If he feels like it, he talks to us. Otherwise, I have to go somewhere for someone to tell me how to hear. But God is saying, no, 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 you and me, you and me, let's walk it out. Let's be together. You know what I mean? Follow me. I am going to make you this way. I'm going to build my church. I am going to anoint you. I'm going to fill you. All these things, they're so real. They are so real. The spirit of God is so real. I can't even say it any other way. So when we let our um, 
L, the thinking comes in first and all the wariness and the suspicion and the questioning and the, is that even God and all that, we can actually create a barrier because God is not going to come necessarily and turn you on your head and force you to get to know him. Uh, but that being said, I have seen that. So let's never take it out yeah. of possibility. Absolutely. There have been people who have resisted and God has come. I mean, I, I can't even tell you. Um, you know, the scripture says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Do we even know what that means? Um, you know, I was reading in the scriptures about Moses and the children of Israel, right? They've come out, they've got through the Red Sea, they're celebrating, whatever, and God speaks to them under the mountain, Okay, and they all of a sudden freak out to the point that they went to Moses and said, please make it stop. I never want to hear that voice again. I don't want to hear God's voice. Don't let it ever happen again. You go and talk to him and come and tell us what he said. We don't want to hear him. Oh, my God. I mean, it fills me with horror when I hear it because I'm like, oh, my God, that's the very thing that everybody goes around saying they want. I want to hear God's voice. And when he comes, I go, I don't want to hear that. That's too, so too much. You freak you know, out. Do we really know God? Do, because we think we like to think of him as just love and a, and a dove and all this. And he is all that. Love and oil, he is that. He wants to come and heal. But his voice also splits rocks. Yeah. It also smashes the works of Satan. Yeah. Like, he's not one thing. He doesn't come in one way. Like, how do miracles happen? Is there a book in the Bible that tells you how panthers are removed? How, you know, I mean, is there a book that tells you how everything happens and we have to qualify everything from Scripture? It doesn't. God isn't confined. He's always creating. So that at the end of the day, you have to know him not necessarily the law that says it works this way and this works and this qualifies and this doesn't qualify because God is doing amazing things. You have to know him in that word. And that, that means you engage in that relationship and, and you can't carry other people in that. Um, you know what I mean? It's, it's a journey. So really that's what I'm saying. God touches you, but it's a spirit thing. And it touches your physical body. This is how people get healed. This is how the answers to prayer come. Now, words like slain in the spirit always amuse me because this is just, they're just, there's so many phrases that in the Christian world we say as if they're real, okay? Slain in the spirit, we say the Trinity. We say, there's so much things. It's not even in the Bible. There's not even a scripture that says it, but we walk around as if we know what we're talking about. Oh, those were slain in the spirit and this, that, and all that. Okay, you call it whatever you like, right? I can't tell you a name for what happens. I just go, the Holy Ghost showed up. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was thinking when people were saying to me, or, oh, you know, what does this slain in the spirit meant? I actually Googled it and went, well, actually, I don't know. I just know that I see stuff happen and I've experienced things. I haven't given it a name. Yeah. I'll say, God healed me. But I'll say, Holy did spirit you feel comes. that power? Yeah. In a scripture, we have ways the Holy Spirit comes. At no time did he say they were slain in the spirit. He says they fell on their face in awe. Yeah. It, you know, they were overcome by yeah. his glory, by his power. 
Yeah. Your physical body can't, how can you stand before God? It says no one has seen God and lived. Yeah. How do you think your body is going to react when the spirit of God touches you? I mean, it's mind-blowing. It's For me, I go, God, how do you even interact with a human being? How? How? How is that even possible? No wonder most people have never experienced it because it's an intimidating place to stand out there and say the spirit of God's going to move because most people go, oh, I don't know if he will, so I won't say it in case he doesn't and I look like an idiot, you know? But in the anointing, anything is possible. So you can give it whatever labels you like, um, many people do. I don't, right? I just don't. Let God show up and do his thing because mm. God is non-denominational, right? He doesn't have a set way and a set boundary and a set thing. He doesn't. He comes in his own way. Absolutely. And, um, and it's actually so beautiful to see people's lives transformed by that. And it does manifest in different ways. And do some people um, take it and, you know, dramatise it? And Yes, of course they do. We know that. But, you know, I mean, Jesus, there was a time in the scriptures in the disciples when the disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, that guy over there, he's, um, he's messing up. He's not doing it the right way. And Jesus said, um, listen, he who's for me, just leave him alone. Let's keep going. Mm. Don't go uh and correct him. Don't go, you know what I mean? So if people are going to manifest in different ways and do things and they're in the flesh, what, knock yourself out. But you yourself walk with God and be inauthentic, you know what I mean? Be in the real thing. Mm. So that's, that's what, uh, you know what I mean? That's Absolutely. I, and yeah. I think like you look at the Bible as a whole and we've got Moses who knows the Holy Spirit. And like I mentioned at conference, he lifts up his staff and I was thinking as I was doing my morning walk today, what power and wind must have been needed to part that sea? Exactly. You, you like, the scriptures talk about the wind and Eton mentioned a lot about the wind and it comes this way and it goes that way. And you see on Bruce Almighty where he, it, <laughs> he sits in the cafe and he's like, all right, soup, let's get it on. And he does the whole soup scene. But even to make soup move and spread out into two parts, like that's a pretty strong force. But, but I think, I think that, but this reflects on that for most people, the Bible is stories. It's not real. They don't take it literally. So they're not looking at Moses in a context of history where real things are happening. Egypt was a real empire in the earth. Pharaoh was a real ruler in the earth. Moses was a real person. Do you know, so most of us go, oh, it's far away. It's nice stories. God parted the Red Sea. You know, Daniel and the lion's den. But they're like stories. They're like children's stories. And yet God is saying, listen, you don't know what's coming. The end times, if you've ever read the book of Revelation, the things are coming upon you right? You don't know what's coming. If you get thrown into a lion's den, you're going to want that story to be more than a story. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to know the God that was with Daniel, the angel that was there to shut the lion's mouth. You're going to want to know that God, right? So there'll be no pastor to go to, no book to reference. There'll be no one to pray for you. It'll be you and God 
in the moment. And the same, like when you part the Red Sea, when he does all these miracles, if people treat it as if it's in the past, it can't happen today. Um, you know what I mean? Jesus with his disciples, healing the sick, raising the dead. Oh, that's, that was then. We're in a different era now. You know, we're in the era of the local church. Show me the scripture, please. Because the book of Acts is clear what it looks like. And here's the Holy Spirit going here and here and here. I mean, this is what makes Christianity exciting. Imagine some of the miracles we've seen out on the field of going and taking the gospel to the nations. You know, you go, oh, my God. God is the same. He never changed. Yeah. Ones that haven't kept up. <laughs> <laughs> but then we've got stories like Moses part in the Red Sea. And then we look at, um, I can't remember the lady's name. Okay, this is what also gets me, right? Is there was a lady who um, had to sleep with her father-in-law to keep the, um, the line flowing of blood for Jesus, correct? There is that lady. Um, oh my gosh, she, she she dresses up as a prostitute and seduces him. Oh uh, um, yeah, okay. You're talking. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Go ahead. But, I mean, how out of the box is that? Yeah, but again, we're looking at it through Western culture. Yeah. Right. We're looking at the Bible. We judge it through Western culture, through how we understand, through our Christendom. So we look at them and we judge them. Oh, my God. Mm, they did that. They did that. Oh, I'd never do that. You know, because we do yeah. it ourselves. We read the scripture. Oh, how could yeah. they deny Jesus? You know, how could Peter deny him? I would never do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, we become judges. Absolutely. But if you're trying to, like, The Bible oh. is actually written. How can I say it? It is Hebrew. The Bible is in Hebrew. It's not Western culture. Okay, so we, we've Christianized Christianity. Mm. But actually, Jesus was a Jew. Yeah. The gospel comes out of the Jews. It comes out of Israel. Hebrew as a culture, the Hebrews, the Hebraic people, this is what God chose. So when we read the Bible, there's so many elements of the Hebrew culture we don't understand. So it's very hard sometimes to read, particularly in the Old Testament, because we're like, what, what? Like he did Well, what? we are, yeah. He but, married who? But what I'm saying in context to what we're on about today, <coughs> you can't make it up. <laughs> no. You cannot make it up. It's better than a movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, you can't put God in a box. You can't put a time limit on him. You can't try and control him. Yeah. It's just who he is. And the Bible is the best way to show you that. Yeah. I mean, apart from the experience, of course. All right. The Christian Women in Business podcast is sponsored by Performance PA, virtual business assistant. Virtual PA lets you focus on what you do best in your business and you can let Performance PA take care of the rest.